Welcome to episode 80 of the Underdog Sports MLB Show with Bryce Holden. My name is Chase Midorski, and we are officially in the home stretch. It is the last week of the regular season, uh, which is crazy because is this, to your knowledge, the first MLB postseason with games in September? Um, we'll say in the wild card era, because in my lifetime, yeah, but there used to be a 154 game season. Correct. I mean, didn't uh, Sandy Koufax not pitch in the World uh, Series because of Yom Kippur? So yeah, that you just answered the question with a very intelligent answer. Hey, you know, one out of every ten will be very intelligent. I would say in the wild card era, though, where there's been th- at least three rounds of playoffs, this is the first time there's been September postseason baseball. 1997 MLB playoffs. The last, uh, the first time the Marlins made it. So let's check the dates. Marlins Indians World Series. You say Jose Mesa's name in Cleveland, they still cringe. He's one of many names. That's true. Uh, but yeah, carry on. I'll do the research. All right. So number eighty, we have no Yankees this week. So uh, four all-time NFL pass catchers are number eighty. Uh, Jerry Rice is obviously going to be number one, but I want you to rank two through four of this list. Uh, Hall of Fame tight end Kellen Winslow, Chris Ooh. Carter, Steve Largent. Go. Um, hmm. I think Winslow's two. I think Chris Carter's three because all he does is catch touchdowns and get fired from Fox Sports for reasons I'm still not quite sure. Um, and then Largent, I, I just don't know enough about him, so I'm going to go Jeremy Shockey, Victor Cruz, then Largent. Of Jeremy Shockey versus Victor Cruz, who do you go with? Shocky. No, Victor Cruz, because I hate snitches. I can't stand him, and he blew the whistle on Bounty Gate. It's funny. I am so anti-Shocky, but the only Giants jersey that I own is a Jeremy Shockey jersey. All that said, I'll go Victor Cruz just because, A, I love salsa dancing, and B, we won a Super Bowl with him. You love salsa dancing. I do love salsa dancing. And on the other side, I like to do the mambo with my Italian friends. Game one of the 1997 ALDS took place on September 30th. All right, that's good to know. We're going to get to our Bavada Sportsbook picks of the week shortly. But before we do that, the playoff races are coming down to the wire in the National League. So we're going to go to the American League real quick because that is pretty cut and dry at the moment. Uh, the postseason is all but set. Um, so rather than And go- you know what? I, I Not to interrupt. Um... Well, I guess only to interrupt. In that same 1997 postseason, the uh, Game 1 of the uh, Orioles-Mariner series was called by none other than Tom Brenneman, who is now condemned and will never work again. As Jimmy Buffett would say, you'll never work in this business again. True. That's a Buffett deep track. You like that? (laughs) So the Mariners are four out of a wild card spot. They're the closest. So the AL playoff field... Is set, uh, and to be honest with you, in my mind, even the seedings are pretty set. Um, the Yankees don't control their own destiny in terms of the four or five spots, so you're likely going to have the Twins as the four, Yankees as the five, Astros as the third, second place team as the sixth seed. Indians are way, way in front of the Blue Jays for the seven eight, and in terms of division leaders, the Rays have a two game lead on the White Sox for the one seed, uh, and the A's are three. Only back. one in the loss column. Only one in the loss column. So we'll do a quick preview of what the AL playoffs could be. Um, before we get to that, I'll just do the standings. AL East, Rays, Yanks, Blue Jays, Orioles, Red Sox in order. AL Central, White Sox, Twins, Indians, Tigers, Royals in order. And AL West, A's, Astros, Mariners, Angels, and Rangers in order. I was looking at the Angels today. Angelton Simmons opted out of the last five games of the season. If I had to ask you how old Angelton Simmons is on the spot, what would you say? 26. Get the fuck out. You only think he's 26 years old. Simmons? 27. He's 31. I thought he was way older than 31 because he just feels like a guy who's been in baseball forever. Yeah, I thought he was like came up really young. Like, remember when Starling Cast? How old is Starling Castro? Probably 30-ish. What if I told you this, though? Simmons made his major league debut the same year as Mike Trout. I would say Mike Trout has had a better career. It's a very, very fair take. I think most people would agree with you. Um, so, AL playoff predictions. Uh, let's just rattle it off real quick. We'll go in-depth next week a little bit more. Uh, we're going to do this next Tuesday, so game one's already be in the book. But uh, Rays, Blue Jays, best of three. I like the Rays closing that out in two. 
Yeah, I just the Blue Jays lineup can be very good. They just don't have the pitching to to compete. So White Sox Indians AL Central matchup. You're gonna have probably Bieber, Giolito, Bieber, Giolito, Keuchel, and I'm gonna say Carrasco, mm-hmm. and then Polisak, and they'll probably give the ball to Dylan Cease in Game Three if I had to take a guess. As good as the White Sox have been, I think there's few teams in baseball that benefit more from the three-game series than the Indians. I like the Indians taking that in three. Um, I just think the White Sox can hit too well, and I'd have to defer to them as a division champ. Uh, but I'll touch on that point later because that's an example. That should, If that were to happen, the Indians win, that is a reason one why this cannot stand. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's... You can't have an, a 1-8 upset in your first playoffs. Well, it'll be a 2-7, but... Same same difference. And I also think there's going to be a 3-6 upset. Um, I think they were your World Series pick. Even though the games are going to be played in the Coliseum and Justin Verlander is now officially out for the year with Tommy John surgery, they were hoping he was going to be back for the playoffs. I like the Astros to win that series in three games, honestly. I think the bats will show up come postseason, trash cans or not. Had to get a shot in there. Um, and at the end of the day, I, I just think the A's... Jesus Lozardo's good. Sean Manea's good. Uh, Chris Bassett's good, but they don't have a bona fide postseason ace. Greinke's been struggling down the stretch, but when the lights are the biggest, he often performs the best. I like Framber Valdez in Game 2, and we've seen McCullers deliver in the playoffs in Game 3. I think that's going to be another upset in the American League. I'm right there. I agree. They're my World Series pick. They were before the season, and I will spoil alert for those listening next week. I will be picking the Astros to win the World Series next week as well. Sticking with your guns. I can appreciate that. Um, And honestly, I think the Rays are my only higher seed that I have winning. Yanks, Twins, even if it's in Minnesota, I like the Yankees to win that in three. Yeah, they uh, the team's back together. I would love to have either uh, Severino or Paxton to throw out there, but Cole gets game one and then... Well, now I'll ask you this. I asked you the same question last week, and since then, J.A. Happ has pitched... Another great start for the Yankees. Seven innings, two runs this past weekend. Do you give the ball to Happ in Game 2 and save Tanaka for a potential Game 3? Or Game 1 of the AL's DS, ideally? Yes. In that scenario, yes. You don't risk it with... Didn't you say there was something weird? With... You asked me something stranger. Like... But I forget, that was well, Last week, we were still considering, is it Happ or Debbie Garcia? And then Debbie went and got roughed up. Hap continued what has been an absolutely great two-week run for him. Yes, and for anyone that has bet on the Reds this evening, they are now losing seven to or two, three to two. Well, three to two and seven to two are very different. in the seventh. So, I did bet on the Reds. I wish they had kept Sonny Gray in a little bit earlier, or kept him in a little bit longer. I have him in the fantasy playoffs, also. Oh well. Well, good night for Bovada. Bad night for Chase. National League standings. I'll go division by division real quick and then go to the full playoff picture. NL East, you have Braves, Marlins, Phillies, Mets, Nats in order. Central, Cubs, Cardinals, Reds, Brewers, and Pirates in order. Uh, And in the West, Dodgers, Padres, Giants, Rockies, and D-backs in order. So here is what the postseason picture looks like. Well, before you do that, on team on the outside looking in, the beloved Colorado Rockies and... Gone, but not forgotten, superstar Matt Kemp. Tough week. Only three games, 11 at-bats. Seven of them were strikeouts, and the other four of them were also outs. Tough week for Matt Kemp. Uh, Dodgers, they are locked in as the one seed. I believe they've clinched the NL West. I'm going to confirm that right now. They have not. They have not. I think they can clinch it today, though, with a win. They cannot. Tomorrow? That seems right. They would need two more. So they win today and tomorrow. And a Padres loss. So they are the one seed. It's looking like the Cubs are going to be the two seed, although they are tied with the Braves there. Padres locked in as the four seed. Marlins looking pretty good as the five seed. They are two up on the Cardinals, the six seed. Those are your second place teams. Um, and to be honest, those teams are in pretty good shape to be the not completely locked in. The Cardinals and Brewers could, or Reds even could potentially flip flop. And the Pirates looking at forty if they lose tonight. Seven and eight right now. You, you like that one, Chase? Another 40, Buffett one. Forty losses. Yeah, that's another Buffett reference. 
What a brutal year. At least they're going to get the first pick in the draft. Uh, right now, you have the Reds as the seventh seed and the Phillies as the eighth seed. Again, though, it is 8.30 on a Tuesday. Games are being played right now, so by the time you listen to this, the standings will be very different. Um, Brewers right now, they are... Beating the Reds. Beating the Reds. Uh, they are tied with the Phillies. The Brewers have the tiebreaker. Uh, so of these teams, I mean, the Giants are still in the hunt, uh, also tied. I guess there's some crazy tiebreakers here that I need to look into. But the Phillies, Brewers, and Giants all have the same winning percentage. The Phillies through convoluted tiebreakers because all three of those teams are also in different regions slash divisions. Phillies are the eight seed as of right now. Um, before we predict matchups of these standings, hold, um, who do you like as a seven and eight seed? I like Philly all year. You're sticking with... I think the Reds, I like them tonight notwithstanding. They got Bauer pitching Wednesday. They said he can come back Sunday if needed to lock it up. I like the Reds as the seventh seed. And I guess of these teams, of the Phillies, Brewers, Giants, sure, give me the Phillies. I like the Phillies all year, and I just give it to the... I default to the Reds because they're in position now. All right, so then let's make... So we assume the matchups are going to stay the same here. Dodgers, Phillies... I like Nola, I like Wheeler, but I think uh, Kershaw and who's going to go game two for them if Bueller's not back? I guess Dustin May. I, I, I could see an upset. I like re- I'm like. i really high on the Phillies. So you think Philly? I'm going to go Dodgers in three. You think Phillies in three? Phillies in two. Sweep. Get the brooms out, Philadelphia. Cubs and the Reds. So my pick here is all dependent on the fact that Trevor Bauer can go game one and doesn't have to pitch Sunday. If he does, I like this is the big NL upset. Um, if there's any pitcher who can match you, Darvish, it is Trevor Bauer, as we've seen a couple times this year. Um, but just having Castillo and Sonny Gray, where it's three aces in a three-game series against Kyle Hendricks, who's good. He'll give you a good game two. But then game three is going to probably be John Lester, who despite all his postseason success, that is not super inspiring if you're a Cubs fan. I like the Reds in three in that series. It's very inspiring. It would be his last start at Wrigley Field. Which he got very emotional about recently. It's inspiring if you're John Lester. It's less inspiring, I would say, if you're a fan putting your hopes. I misread guys. the Cubs all season. I had them. I was very down on them. I want to say they were like one of my only sensical picks that I had the Cubs to win the division. I think that word is sensible. No, I like my word sensical. I think. God damn it! That communications degree shows up every episode. It's really unbelievable, right? It really is. Should we play a Papa Barry voicemail live on air? You never know what it's going to be. Yeah, let's do it. I think for that reason, I'm going to pause on it. And uh, we'll, I'll play it for me and you after because you talk about us as wild cards. He's a real wild card. <laughs> yeah. Moving right, on. So you like, so you like the Cubs to beat the Reds then? Yes, sir. All right. 3-6 Braves Cardinals. I actually like the Cardinals to pull this upset off in three. Braves. In two? Who's mm-hmm. pitching games two and three after three? Do you trust Ian Anderson and dartboard starter in game three? I don't even I literally don't know who it would be. Um Cardinals are gonna be throwing out Flaherty and Wayno game one and game two. You you and Jack Flaherty. You enough with the Jack Flaherty. Enough. It's my guy. Enough with the Jack Him Flaherty. Him and Juan Soto are my do or dies. Soto makes me look really smart. Flaherty makes me look a little bit less. Acuna or Acuna made me look very smart. Ocu- I mean, I don't really care who the Braves have pitching. That lineup is, I love that lineup. Freeman, Acuna, Albies, Duvall. I mean, what if you get a three homer game out of Duvall? No, I mean, look, their lineup is incredible. I just like the Cardinals. Well, like them all you want. They'll lose to the Braves this year. 4-5 matchup. Uh, I like the Padres to take care of the Marlins. In three, though. Why? Because I really do think the Marlins are one of those teams. They're pesky, and I like Sandy Alcantara and Pablo Lopez. And Sixto. Sixto's good. I like Sixto. I think they got a really good, young, hard-throwing staff. Um, Sixto only has five toes on each foot, I believe. Ta-da. <laughs> If he had a sixth toe, maybe. Maybe that could push that to three, but I don't not like... I mean, even making these picks out loud, this seems like a dangerous precedent. Yeah, I mean, it, it's 
If you're a casual baseball fan, it's very exciting that this could be a thing into the future because of the unpredictability. If you are a diehard baseball fan like we are who actually watches most of the games, it really leaves no point to watch all 162 because I, I really do think in the future, if you win 82, 83 games, slightly over 500, you're going to be guaranteed a playoff spot. Guaranteed. They're going to be under 500 teams making the playoffs, which um, in basketball is pretty disgusting when that happens. And then the first round is a wash. I mean, the difference is, though, when there's 500 teams in basketball, they still are playing a seven-game series. And they're playing a seven-game series, and it's pointless. Correct. Let's pause on all this. We'll do our Rob Bash in a little bit. In the meantime, let's get in our Bavada picks of the week. Uh, the first game we will pick is the Astros and the Mariners. Framber Valdez for the Astros, Lejay Newsom for the Mariners. Bavada has this at minus one and a half, minus one twenty-five, minus two hundred five for Houston, plus one and a half, plus one hundred five, plus one seventy-five for the Mariners. Valdez has been carrying my fantasy team for a while now, so I'm going to go with the homer pick here, minus one and a half, minus one twenty-five for the Strohs. Minus uh, the minus one and a half bet on the Strohs is the only real value, unless you want to take the Mariners in the upset. Um, but I think the Astros are starting to round into shape. And I don't say that based off anything other than I expect them to be better. Uh, so why not start today? Next game we're going to pick is the Angels and the Padres. And I actually tweeted this today, but I have to give a shout-out to the Padres. Uh, a trade that we didn't even really give a lot of attention to they made in the offseason was they acquired Zach Davies and Trent Grisham from the Brewers. Grisham was probably the most well-known piece in that trade, and it was most known for letting the Juan Soto single go through his legs for the Nationals to get out of the wild card game and then win the World Series. In the meantime, Grisham has a 1.9 more 120 OPS for them this year, OPS plus, and Zach Davies is 7-2 with a sub-3 sub ERA. Great under-the-radar trade for A.J. Preller. All that said, Griff Canning, former brewer on the mound, for, or a former Bruin for the Angels, Davies for the Padres. Babata has this at minus 1. Or excuse me, plus one and a half, minus 145 for the Angels, plus 143, minus one and a half, plus 125, minus 166 for the Pods. Give me the Pods, minus 166. Yeah, I mean, it's tough for me to bet against Machado and Tatis. Uh, so when in doubt, I just bet on my favorite players, and that would be Machado and Tatis. Even though it is going against the Angels. And we love King Albert. We need, yeah, King Albert. Climbing up the leaderboards again. We'll get to that shortly. Last Bavada regular season pick that we are going to make in 2020. It's going to be the Dodgers and Dustin May at home against the Oakland Athletics and everybody's favorite, Frankie Montas. All right. Well, this is an absolute no doubter. Plus one and a half, minus 130, plus 155 for the A's, minus one and a half, plus 110, minus 180 for the Dodgers. I know I love Dustin May. Might have the best stuff in baseball. I love the Dodgers. But he's everybody's favorite for a reason. Give us Frankie Montas and the A's, plus 155. The only question is, does Bovada have the odds on whether or not Frankie Montas throws a no-hitter? It does not. They, at the moment, don't have the awards odds. So the idea that they would have that is very niche. But I'm going to set the chase odds for it at plus 1,500. I would have taken minus fifteen hundred. Unhittable, Frankie Montas. That seems like it would have been a bad bet between me and you, but that's okay. Hey, man, they're all bad unless they hit. All right. League leaders heading into the last week of the season in offensive categories: your run scored leader Tatis with forty-seven, your hits leader Jose Abreu and Trey Turner with seventy-four, a pop. Your doubles leader Freddie Freeman with twenty. Your triples leader Kyle Tucker with six of the Houston Astros. Home run leader, Lewis Voigt, the third. I don't know if there's a third. It just rolls off the tongue well. 21 homers. RBI's leader, 56, Jose Breu. Your walks leader is still Carlos Santana at 44. Batting champ in baseball this year, DJ LeMayu at 360. OBP is Juan Soto at 478. Slugging is also Soto at 683. OPS leader, uh, 1.161, Juan Soto. Here's my question. If the Nationals had finished five, say they still missed the playoffs, but finished 500, and Soto finished the year like he's about to, leading the league in average on base and slugging, would a 500 record have been enough for him to win the MVP, given there's a lot of legit candidates this year? No, there's too much competition. Would be the short answer. That fucking sucks if you're Juan Soto to have a year like this, and you're going to probably finish at best fourth or fifth in the MVP vote. 
I would say at best. Probably fifth. even lower. No, at best fourth. All right, while we're looking at the bats, we're going to also make our last award picks with the season about to come to a conclusion. Not a ton has changed in the past week, but let's go with uh, MVP on the AL side. Who you got? Um, No one's really separated themselves. No one had a great week except for Voight. Um, Tim Anderson losing the batting title probably takes him out. So I think it has to be, uh, Bieber also got lit up a little by his standards. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be Jose. I also think it's going to be Jose. I mean, second in the AL with 19 homers, leads baseball with 56 rubies. Um, and I think the most interesting part about Jose is he is a 381 on base percentage, which is good and has walked 14 times to 52 strikeouts, which is pretty terrible, which means when he does hit the ball, he's doing great things. And again, the White Sox are going to finish at worst, I think, is the two seed. I think you got to tip their hats to a guy who's kind of flown under the radar the past few years and a team that really surprised a lot of people this year. So I think Abreu in the AL. I mean, Abreu homered again tonight. That 19 is up to date. Yeah. I, I made, made sure of that. Um, National League, what do you think? Um, look, there, there. Realistically, there's there's four candidates: the two Padres guys, Freeman, and Mookie Betts. Uh, and I, I think you're gonna, it's going to end up being Betts. I, I would go Betts. I would love for it to be Machado, uh, and Freeman, kind of the NL equivalent of Jose Abreu. Yeah, I mean, look, if I got a vote, I would, uh, I would vote for Freddie. Just because I long think he's been so underrated. However, I think Machado is going to win this award. Uh, I totally hear what you're saying about Mookie, but I'm looking at the head-to-head numbers right now. Um, compared to Mookie, Machado has more hits, more doubles, as many triples, same amount of homers, has the same amount of walks and fewer strikeouts. Believe it or not, uh, more RBIs, higher average, same OBP, higher slugging, higher OPS, uh, and I know. To me, the defensive argument kind of gets thrown out the window because Machado's great at third also. Beast. If you really care about steals that much, sure, Mookie has the edge. But I think similar to Abreu, I mean, look, Freddie's been great and Freddie's so underrated. But the Braves were supposed to, at worst, finish as a wildcard team this year. Everybody was in on the Braves with that lineup despite their pitching, big pitching woos. I just think the Padres came out of nowhere. It was Tatis' award to lose, and I think he did lose it. And uh, Machado's lived up to that contract. I think your boy Machado's winning the MVP, at which point, if you don't order a Padres Machado jersey right away, I'm going to be very disappointed. Does Bovada have odds on me buying the Padres jersey? That I would say minus 1,500. I think even if he doesn't win the MVP, I like minus 1,500 for that. Yeah, that seems like my (laughs) next, uh, uh, I don't even know what the word is. Fancy purchase? Or? It's like my roommate says to me, my roommate Andrew, whenever I buy a jersey, he goes, when are you ever going to wear that? And I go, and sometimes it's just, I don't care. I support the I support the brand. I support the team. Yeah, that's the thing with jerseys nowadays. I'm uh, I'm getting a little old to where um, I had a conversation with my boss today. Uh, she said she said that she wants to have more on-camera meetings. And I said... Now what you want to hear. I said, okay, I appreciate the heads up. I uh, I declined. Might have to go through a bit of a wardrobe change. I've been blindsided by this one before. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> My first on-camera meeting. Um, yeah, I was working at home. I was chilling and doing doing whatever my thing is. Uh, I get to. The, I know there's a meeting coming up, and um, I'm in my I'm in a I'm in like a trucker hat and a mellow Nuggets jersey, and I I quickly took off the hat because I knew the hat was unprofessional. I did not take off the Mellow Nuggets jersey. And um, I looked unkempt. Happened. Uh, I believe the... So, hasn't happened since. Or at least not that bad. All right, moving to the pitching side of things. Bieber, eight wins, still in first place. Bieber, done. One seven four ERA, that's also in first. Your complete games leaders... Cole, Bauer, Noah, Nola, Wainwright, all tied with two. Shutout leader, Bauer with two. Innings pitch leader is Lance Lynn, 78.1. Your boy. Saves leader, Brad Hand with 14. Strikeout leader is Beaver with 112. Whip leader, 0.75, King Clayton. Average against leader is Corbin Burns, 0.158. 
So Bieber's the American League Cy Young winner. Yeah, that's not... Yeah, move on. Well, here's the question I'll ask. Who do you vote in second place? Just for the sake of we... It feels like since the third week of the season, Bieber locked up this award. So I'd, I'd like to at least have some dialogue about... Are you just trying to get Lance Lynn? No, this is... I don't know if Lance Lynn would necessarily be... I, I think Marco Gonzalez in Seattle's had a very good year. I don't disagree with you. I, I actually think Marco Gonzalez was the second best pitcher in the AL. I would say... I mean, maybe Giolito, uh, but a lot of his stats are skewed because of the... Gonzalez's area is a little high at 306. I wouldn't go Lynn. Um, I would, though, I would put Keuchel, too. He, we talked about a veteran guy for them, 6-2, and 2.4 ERA, 10 starts, 1.10 whip. That's more than the White Sox ever imagined. Like, actually, the ERA leaders is how I would go, 1-2-3. I would go Bieber, Keuchel, Maeda. Because I think you're rewarding three playoff teams there. Um, and you know what? A kind of a homer pick. Uh, Garrett Cole's actually had a phenomenal season. When all is said and done, I mean, Cole, this isn't... Can you look? Is he out of the game right now? Uh, is he still going? I don't, I don't know. He's through six. I mean, he's going to finish when all is said and done. Seven and three, 288 ERA, .96 whip. Look, the guy was going to fucking lose eventually. And given that he gave up home runs in however many starts and still had these numbers, this guy's special. Uh, yeah, Yankee fans, it, I mean, I feel like I'm guilty of this also. I expected him to get on the mound and basically throw complete game shutouts every time. Hmm? He didn't do that. No. No one does that. But his last his last three starts, tonight included, um, everything you could hope for. And cannot be more excited to see him in the post. And when we needed to right the ship after that big losing streak, it started with Cole throwing a shutout against the Orioles. I thought he was going to throw a no-hitter that day. He was on it. In a seven-inning game, too. All right, so the award that writers even have said this is the hardest award for them to pick in years. NL Cy Young. Rookie of the Years, I think, are locked up. Kyle Lewis in the AL. It's going to be Cronworth or Devin Williams in the NL. So not locked up. It's going to be one of those two, though. The it'll, NL, be, it'll be Cromworth. The NL Cy Young, we're about to have a legit dialogue from anywhere for, in my opinion, five to seven legit candidates. Um, so let's start with the incumbent, the Grom. Best pitcher in baseball. 4-2, two, 214 ERA, .92 whip, 94 strikeouts. He is leading, uh, he's he's leading the National League in strikeouts with 94, and his whip is fourth. ERA at 2.15, he's fifth. He, um, he's the best pitcher in baseball, and I don't know if it's close. I don't, well, it, it might be close, but it's not debatable. Bauer's going tomorrow. Right now he's 4-4, four 1-8 four, ERA, .82 whip, 88 strikeouts, 65 innings pitched. Where Bauer's going to have the advantages, he's going to have up two more starts this week. I think tomorrow he could really solidify himself as a frontrunner for the award. Uh, but in the NL Central, the Brewers, Corbin Burns, 4 0, 177 ERA, 11 games, struck out eight 80, starts. Eight, and only eight starts, he struck out 83 guys, 0.95 whip. To me, as dominant as Corbin Burns has been, the eight starts, and I know that's no fault of his own. He's leading the league in case per nine, slightly ahead of DeGrom. No, he's, I mean, he's had an incredible year. He's also leading the NL and ERA. And war. Kershaw's going to be in the mix, 6-3. and three. It won't be Kershaw. 215 ERA, 59 Ks, microscopic .75 whip. Darvish, I think, lost it last week. I think it was his to lose for a while, and he did lose it. 7-3, 2.22 ERA, 88 strikeouts. If they really want to award the Padres, uh, Danielson Lament, 3-1, 207 ERA, .87 whip, 89 Ks. My pick to win it, though, if he gets to 8 0 this week, um, is going to be Max Freed. 7 0, 1.96 ERA, 1.05 whip, 50 Ks. Uh, the only reason being, I think, I think it's honestly got to be him or Burns, just because the Cy Young Award is supposed to go to the most valuable pitcher, and those teams' rotations would be in absolute shambles without Freed or Burns. You take Bauer out, you still have Castillo and Sonny Gray. I mean, I guess the Mets with the Grom, it's... Uh, they're not doing much with him. They're not doing much without him. Correct. And you've given him the award the past two years with no team success. I think this is the year that breaks. Um, I like Frieder Burns to win the award. Um, if I'm voting, I would vote DeGrom again. 
Fair. Like I, I mean, he's the best pitcher. He's got the most strikeouts. Uh, the ERA, the whip, all the numbers are there, other than wins. But I, I think the fun pick, the trendy pick, is Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns, he wears those goggles out on the mound. I mean, could you? What kind of odds do you think we would have gotten on Corbin Burns winning the Cy Young in the beginning of the season? I think Bovada would have had him listed as another. Other, yeah. Would have been absolutely microscopic. I got to look up Corbin's middle name. Because if he's got a middle name, do I have a nickname for him? Corbin Brian Burns? Damn. I was hoping his middle name was Montgomery, and he could be C. Montgomery Burns, like the Simpsons. Well played. Can we call him C. Montgomery Burns anyway? Sure. I think so. If that's what you would like, we will call him C. Montgomery Burns. Mr. Burns! So those are our last award picks and our last... I mean, Burns is doing this without Smithers. Because that team's pretty terrible. And Yelich, the supposed Smithers, has not been uh, performing up to snuff. So we just look at the league leaders just real quick to go over the teams that have clinched the playoff spot. Dodgers were the first team to clinch when they defeated the Padres on Wednesday. I thought the Dodgers clinched them like the first week of the season. In our minds, they did. Um, the White Sox are in. Last Thursday, they beat the Twins 4-3. Abreu homer to put them over the uh, over the, into the playoffs. Rays, 10-6 win in Game 2 of Thursday's doubleheader against the Orioles. Put them in. Uh, they have back-to-back postseason appearances for the second time in franchise history. And since 2008, have six postseason appearances behind only the Dodgers, Yanks, and Cardinals. One White Sox note, it is their first postseason appearance since 2008. It is the Dodgers' uh, eighth straight trip to the playoffs, third longest in MLB history behind the 91-2005 Braves and the 95-2007 Yankees. What do those two have in common that the Dodgers do not? They won a World Series. Yankees won multiple. A's, um, they became the first team to clinch their division Monday. But all three teams lost multiple World Series. True. Saturday with the 6-0 victory, they clinched the playoff spot. Uh, only the Dodgers have reached. The I think game. we spoke about this a while back. Uh, but it's always worth having uh, this discussion again. Were those 90s Braves teams a failure? No. I mean, yes and no. Is getting one enough, Dad? You had three first ballot Hall of Famers in your rotation. And, and a first ballot Hall of Famer, third baseman, a borderline Hall of Fame center fielder. And a guy who was 90, on trajectory. To 95. I mean, you had, we'll say McGriff is going to be a Hall of Famer. You had McGriff at some point. Andrew Jones was the, probably the second best center fielder in the game behind Griffey. I think it's hard to call it a failure, but I think it's also hard to call it a success. So I just think it's up to interpretation. I mean, it's it's it comes down to are you happy with one? Yeah. And um, they only it, and the crazy thing is they only made it to three. So no, you, they made it to more. Ninety one. Oh, 90, Yeah, I forgot we're extending from ninety one. Ninety one, ninety five. So we made ninety nine, ninety six. So we made it to four out of fourteen. Well, that's good. Four out of 14 is good. When you put it that way, not a failure. But, I mean, I guess they just kind of ran into the Yanks on those last two. Yeah. Twins are in after beating the Cubs 8-1 at Wrigley on Saturday night. Padres ended their 14-year postseason I mean, drought. Was that the, was, it was against the Braves when Kirby Puckett made that great catch, right? In 91, yeah. I mean, how different is MLB history if the Braves get that first one? Jack Morris probably isn't a Hall of Famer. Jack Morris, not a Hall of Famer? I mean, he probably... I mean, he had to get in the back way anyway. Kirby is probably a Hall of Famer, but maybe not a slam dunk for his ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, do the Braves just go on a tear since they won the one? Who knows? I mean, those Blue Jay teams, though, in 92 and 93 were ridiculous. (laughs) They were good. They were good. But the Braves should have... I don't know. As good as the Braves pitching is, I don't know... I mean, those Blue Jay teams, their lineups at one deep. point or another had like six Hall of Had games. Robbie Alomar, Joe Carter, Ricky, Ricky, Paul Molitor, Olerud, Olerud, Devin White in center field. Uh, I think Dave Winfield honestly might have been on one of those two teams. Yeah, they had a bunch of guys. Like, you look up the 92. They had professional hitters. And pitchers. I think Dave Stewart was the I mean, Molitor in 93, I think hit 363. Paul Molitor had these crazy RBI years at the end of his career. Coney was on one of those teams. They had Coney, Al Leiter. Did Pat Henkin win a Cy Young or did I make that up? He won it in... 
want to say 90 maybe. Uh, no, Bob Welsh won in the AL in 90, but Pat Hengen didn't win a Cy Young. Yeah, he deserved it. Padres, they're in the playoffs first time in 14 years, 7-4, 11 inning win. Al Leiter was on, young Al Leiter. They also had Jack Morris. Yeah. Uh, and the last team to clinch a playoff. They're crazy. You know, they, you're really fixating on this Blue Jays team. Well, David Wells. Yeah. They had a young Mike Timlin, who is uh, Timlin was on those two teams and the two Red Sox World Series teams in 04 and 07. Good career for Mike Timlin. Yeah, Timlin was solid. Stuck around a while. So for uh, Mike Timlin, uh, gone but not forgotten. Put him on the list with uh, Matt Kemp. Padres in after 14 years. Yankees clinched after the Mariners lost that game on Sunday. I mean, I think that's just a cool career to have. You you get you win the World Series in your second year. You play 18, and you win them in your 17th and 14th season also. So you win it 2, 3, 14, 17. Lean years in the middle when he was on some bad Phillies teams. But uh, Mike Timlin. Good for you. I wonder if he ever wore number 80. Let's look into that. Yanks in for the 22nd time in the last 26 years after the Padres clinch against the Mariners. Uh, And it's pretty amazing. I was thinking about this the other day that the only manager in our lifetime for the Yankees that missed the postseason is Girardi. Um, I mean, there have only been three. I know, but still. Um, I mean, when you, did he really miss it four times in 10 years? He missed it in 13, 14, and 16, so three times. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what, you, what the response there is. There's not a response. It's just food for thought. Booney, Tory never missed the playoffs. His manager is the Yankees. Booney's never missed the playoffs in three years. Man, I am going to say it. I wish the U.S. had a better showing in the 06 World Baseball Classic because Mike Timlin was on the roster. Was he really? Yeah. Isn't that kind of a weird roster for him? That team was a very weird, weirdly constructed team, though, to be honest with you. Um, you want to do a deep dive on it? There was a South African team? I had no idea. I don't recognize a single player on the 06 South... Oh, man, here we go. The 06 South African World... Well, Buck Martinez was the manager. Not who I would have picked. We got... Do you want the studs or just, like, the randoms? I guess we're only getting the randoms. Who the hell is Gary Majewski? That one, I don't know. Why was Gary Majewski on this roster? No wonder they lost. They couldn't get Mike Timlin his fifth ring. Who else we got here? Uh, Michael Barrett was the third catcher. That wasn't good. Vernon Wells and Randy Wynn. I guess that was peak Ray- oh, that was peak Vernon Wells. It's a good outfield. That's a fun outfield. I'd love to have gone outfield drills with Damon, Francoeur, Griffey, Matt Holiday, Vernon Wells, and Randy Wynn. Randy Wynn. That's a throwback. All right, let me just see who D Train on the mound. I gotta see who won. I got. I'm on doing this bizarro deep dive in the 06. Who won? Japan. Of course they did. Their team was stacked. They had Daisuke. Daisuke was the MVP. And that was Daisuke when the mystique and aura were still a thing. Daisuke, Koji, Fukudome. Uh, I wonder. Uh. All right. Well, Ichiro and yes, Fukudome. I think we're done with the 06 World Baseball Classic. All right. First of its kind. World Baseball Classic is one event that if you get the chance to attend, having gone to the two semifinal games in the last one, I had an absolute blast. The only two players that were on Major League Baseball rosters on that Japan team were Ichiro Suzuki and Akinori Otsuka. Did you have, what is your favorite Akinori Otsuka memory? Can't say I have one, to be honest. Can't say you have one. What are we supposed to do with that, Chase? Can't win them all, bud. Can't win them all. Uh, uh, he's a manager of a 
he managed a Japanese professional team that is does not have a Wikipedia page. The Shinano Granceros. All right, moving on. Right now, we're going to go through the baseball news. Uh, Justin Verlander, reigning AL Cy Young winner, announced on his Instagram account Saturday he's going Tommy John surgery the first time in his long and accomplished career. He's needed the procedure. He said, I was hopeful I would be able to return to compete in 2020. However, during my simulated game, unfortunately, the injury worsened. Obviously, I'm extremely disappointed, but I will not let this slow down my aspirations for my career. Verlander started on opening day on July 24th and pitched well, but was diagnosed with a forearm strain two days later and shut down. He rehabbed throughout the summer with the goal of returning and continuing in October. Um, however, an MRI performed Thursday saw differences from what they saw in July. Changed the prognosis and decisions, according to GM James Click. Consensus was a torn UCL, Tommy John, 12 to 14 months recovery. For the Astros, it's a tough blow. Granke is now going to be the ace in the playoffs with McCullers, Erquidy, Valdez, and Christian Javier in the mix. Far cry from last year when Granke and Cole were going games one and game two and finished one two in the Cy Young race. Um, this is an interesting thing. He's going to be the t- attempting to become the 10th known pitcher to come back from TJ after undergoing the procedure at 37 or older. It'll most likely be uh, in another uniform considering almost all of this season. He is on the hook for $33 million, which is a... All of next season. All of next season, which is a crippling blow for the Astros. Uh, George Springer is going to be a free agent. This team's going to need to retool soon. Correa's contract's coming up as well. To have a guy on the books for $33 million and get no contribution is very tough. But last time we saw Verlander again, he won the side. 21-6, 2-5 ADRA, 300-strikeouts, .8 whip. Absolutely hell am I doing? dominant season. Um, I mean, should we count out Verlander? Do you think he comes back from this and pitches for a few more years? Or do we think this is the end of a first ballot Hall of Fame career? Uh, Verlander doesn't strike me as the guy that's going to go out like this. Uh, so I think he will come back. Um, I'd have to look up. Do you know where Justin Verlander's from? I know he went to Old Dominion, so I'm going to say he's from Virginia. Oh, yeah, that sounds right. Yes, he is from Virginia. Um, is there a team that makes sense for him? A return to Detroit doesn't really add up. I mean, look, if Houston is willing to give him a one-year prove-it deal and he's willing to take it, I think he loves Houston. I mean, they unequivocally saved his career. He definitely had a good year last year. Yeah. Uh, he's got. I mean, I think pre-Astros Verlander is on pace to be a Hall of Famer. He gets to Houston. He wins the ring in 17. He's great in 18 and wins a second side in 19 with a no-hitter. Houston Verlander became the slam dunk Hall of Famer Verlander. Yeah, and that kind of cemented him as... It was, uh, it was Kershaw, Scherzer, and then Verlander was that. Now, Verlander, those are your three slam dunks when you talk about the 2010s. So... Two questions. Two more questions for Verlander. One, if you're the Astros next year with this contract on the books and Springer hitting free agency, do you look to maybe move Greinke and do a soft rebuild, or what do you think they do here? Boy, I I I think they're too uh, they're too good to do a soft rebuild. And I hate I hate to tell you what I'm doing now, but apparently Verlander was on the 03 U.S. Pan Am Games roster. So if you want to talk about a roster, I will try and find. Uh, that's going to take up a lot of my time these next couple weeks. <laughs> and my second question is, I mean, Verlander, let me get the exact amount of wins he's finished with. I mean, Verlander is one of the best pitchers we've ever seen. No, the point, the, yes, no argument here. I think anyone who makes the case that Verlander is not a Hall of Famer, I mean, again, you win two Cy Youngs, three no-hitters, an MVP, a ring, 3,000-plus strikeouts, you're going to make the Hall of Fame. Um, but we're saying he's a slam dunk first ballot Hall of Famer with 226 wins. What do you think in the future is going to be the new 300 wins? 225? Do wins matter? People don't care about wins anymore. I still think they matter, though. I somewhere. agree. I mean, DeGrom, whatever DeGrom gets. Okay. Whatever DeGrom ends up with will be the new bar. Because, I mean, there's no way you can keep him out. at this. Actually, is there a way you keep him out? There's definitely a way you keep him out. But Chase, do I have news for you? I found the 03 Pan Am Games roster. Are you ready? Let me hear it. This team came in second. I'll only give you the highlights. Houston Street, Verlander, and Jared Weaver. Not bad. Pedro- Jared Weaver, real underrated career. Hated his brother Jeff, though. Uh, Pedroia. Okay. 
Mika Owings. Okay. Brent Lillibridge. Okay. Um, and then a bunch of guys I've never heard of. Okay. Ju- Justin o- Orenduff. You a big Orenduff guy? Look, my my general rule of thumb is if there's if there's a guy, but I never made the leagues. So. If there's a guy that I've never heard of, the general rule of thumb is they're pretty obscure. I'm just trying to find people that made the league on this team. No wonder they came in second. So, tough break for the 0-3 uh, Pan Am Games roster. Hopefully Verlander gets back to answer your question. Another guy who's um, AL Central guy, similar to Verlander, uh, started his career managing with the Twins, ended it with the Tigers, Verlander's former team, and that is manager Ron Gardenhire. Guided the Twins to six AL Central titles before guiding the Tigers through their rebuild. He announced his retirement Saturday after three seasons in Detroit and 16 years managing in the major leagues. The decision announced shortly before the Tigers' 5-2 win over Cleveland came out of a Saturday afternoon meeting with General Alavila at Comerica Park during which Gardenhire discussed his recent health issues. Um, Gardenhire was in the final uh, season of his contract. He'd given no public indication whether he wanted to return, saying he would talk with Avila at season's end. Um, but basically he said, you know, we started talking and at that point, Gardenhire mentioned that he's going to retire, wasn't feeling well from a heart pers- uh, health perspective, 62 years old, high stress job, high tension, he's a cancer survivor with COVID, uh, so Gardenhire decided to call it a quits. He was hired by the Tigers in October 17 um, to help guide this team through the rebuild, but 13 seasons in Minnesota, probably with Tom Kelly, their most decorated managers of all time. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he won one man, he was always a respectable guy. Yeah, I mean, look, 1,068 and 1,039, one of 25 managers in baseball history to win 1,000 or more games with a single team, won six AL Central titles. Um, and again, for a, a mid-market team like the Twins, that's that's good. That's reality. I mean, that Twins, he had a nice run with the Twins in the mid-2000s, but um, never really feared that team. Uh, he was he was on the coaching staff in the 91 team. So if you're in for another deep dive, I can I can pull that up for you. No 91 Twins. Um, no 91 Twins? Garden hires 20, 2,480 games as manager, ranked 35th all-time, has 84 career ejections, ranked 7th. Um, again, I just think this is another guy, you know, I think Sosha retired last year, or not retired, wasn't retained. Um, I mean, that was, yeah, Sosha. No, my, the point I'm trying to get is Sosha, Garden hire, you know, once... Terry Francona is gone. I think once Terry and Madden are gone, that's that's it for a generation of managers. Um, Chase? I'm missing a glaring one, I'm who sure. Who is managing the Houston Astros? Oh, Dusty. Duh. And, and Ron Renneke in Boston, but I think Renneke's gone after the year, and I don't think Dusty's got too much time left either. But, yeah, this is just another situation, a good baseball lifer who's uh, – you know, riding off to the sunset, spent his whole career in the AL Central, and it'll be interesting to see who they replace him. Uh, but one favorite I wanted to ask you about is uh, that sounds like the early favorite. I mean, Lloyd McClendon, veteran guy, is the interim manager, but somebody threw out Marcus Thames' name for the managerial job, and I really like that. You've seen the work that he's done with these Yankee hitters the past couple years. Um, former Tiger, seems like a good guy in the clubhouse. I think that could be a very strong hire for the Tigers. I have an option for the Tigers. Justin Verlander. That would be a plot twist. Make him the player manager. While he's rehabbing? While he's rehabbing. Makes all of his managerial decisions around his rehab? I feel like Verlander is going to stick around in the game. He has that. There's something about it that makes makes me think he's going to stick around. That wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Who else would be good there? Cora? Hinch? Where did I just hear Hinch? I think Hinch could definitely. I think Hinch actually may be the favorite for that job. I think he's shown in Houston what he could do with a young rebuilding team. And I think in Detroit, they don't really give a shit about the PR fallout because, candidly speaking, for them, any press would be good press. Yeah, they're in. I mean, it's tough to be in Detroit. You got that Miggy contract. Uh, and God, God bless Miggy, but. Uh, it's the new Pujols contract, even though the Pujols contract is still going on. Oh, that Pujols I don't think that Pujols contract's ever going to end. But a great transition. Even though it's not over, we still have another milestone this week after it took him 22 days between home runs to reach blast number 660 to tie Willie Mays for fifth on the all-time home run list. 
Pujols passed the Hall of Famer five days later with number 661 in 66 and 662 on Friday. Uh, 60th career multi-homer game and a 6-2 win against the Rangers. Pujols revealed after the game that May sent him an email after 660 and expected to hear from him again. Um, not a whole lot to add. You know, Pujols, as much as we love him and talk about him, it's been very tough to watch him the better part of the past five to six years. Uh, it's nice to see, given the struggles he's had at Anaheim, as he's approached these and surpassed these milestones, people recognizing that we have watched an all-time great on Albert Pujols over the past 20 years. Oh, God, it's so, it's so painful to watch him at the end. And we love him, and we give him as much we give him as much press as anyone in media. Maybe right? the most. I mean, we make sure to give him five minutes a week. And that that's not just because the contract's laughably bad. It's because he is an all-time great. And he's a top... I mean, he's a top five power. He's he going to end up with the fourth most home runs ever. I mean, again, the fact that we can... If you could have a legitimate discussion that this any player is the best right-handed hitter of all time, stop what you're doing, even if the at-bats are ugly, and just watch and appreciate them. That's how I always felt with A-Rod at the end with the Yankees. Even though I love A-Rod. Even though with the Roids... Even and if, Pools did it in the steroid era and was not connected to PEDs once. Some of these guys, whether it was Griffey at, you know, towards the end with the White Sox and Mariners, A-Rod at the end with the Yankees... Even if it's ugly, you just gotta watch and appreciate it. And Tigers fans, if you're listening, do the same with Miguel Cabrera because that's another guy, once in a generation hitter. I mean, that's a triple crown winner, Miguel Cabrera. And um, for anyone who followed Chase's lead and used Bovada and bet on the Cincinnati Reds this evening, you are in for a disappointment. They lost. Thanks, Reds bullpen. Appreciate you, Mr. Bell, and the manager. Thanks for screwing me. Uh, another guy. Who also got Tommy Johnson? This will be a quick one. Uh, is Ken Giles? Ken Giles. Some may know him as a good relief pitcher. Yankee fans know him as the guy who punched himself in the face coming out of the bullpen for the Astros. <laughs> he announced Tommy John. He'll be out all of next year. Um, but again, he last year one eight seven ERA, fourteen Ks per nine, fifty three innings. Really regained oh, geez. that. Oh, Freddie just hit a two run homer. Freddie Freeman making the MVP race. Interesting. Ken Giles was dominant his last go-around as a closer. Um, if you're a team, do you take a flyer on him with a two-year deal, say rehab with us for the whole year, and then we want you for 2022? And if you're Ken Giles, do you take that? Of course you take the two-year deal, or else no one's going to sign you. What, okay, let me rephrase that. Do you want the two-year deal and get paid for 2021 while not maximizing 2022, or do you go all in on your rehab and hope some team gives you a big – one-year deal for 2022. I, 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 I just want... I feel like you just want to get paid, right? Isn't that the ultimate goal? I mean, I think right now, given that there's going to be a labor dispute, I think any money that you can lock in, you have to take it you immediately. So... I forgot. Did, what what was Ken Giles' big off-field issue? Just like a, a moron? I think he's just a nutcase. <laughs> he is. He is such a nutcase, that guy. I mean, he punched himself in the face. <laughs> oh, God. All that was missing was John Boy reading his lips of him punching himself going, stupid, stupid, stupid. Well, well good luck, Ken Giles. You need it. All right. So the Yankees this past week, uh, a lot of it against Ken Giles' team, the Blue Jays, lived up to their Bronx Bomber nickname. Uh, when Luke Voigt crushed his MLB leading 20th homer, the Yankees became the first team in baseball history to hit six or more homers in three consecutive games, uh, pushed the Yankees' winning streak to eight games and a 10-7 victory over the Blue Jays on Thursday. The Yankees hit a big league record with 19 homers in that three-game span, sweeping the Blue Jays. Gardner, LeMahieu, and Voigt all homered on consecutive pitches in the fourth from Chase Anderson. Oh, I was out for dinner, and you texted me. I was excited. I think about the uh, DJ homer and you said, are you watching? I said, DJ, you go, look again. Voight and Homer. Um, and then after an out, Glaber and Stan fall with back-to-back blast, marking the seventh, fifth Homer inning in MLB history, first since the Nats in 2017. And it was the first time the Yankees have tallied five homers for a frame. Uh, and their fourth inning home runs. Uh, and again, Gary added another homer in the seventh. Gary's kind of been hitting lately for him. Their fourth inning homers covered 2,005 feet which is approximately 28 New York City blocks. Um, yeah, that's all I, I can get from my house to 28 blocks from here. 
39th, we'll call it. Get to work. <laughs> uh, the 43 runs against the Toronto were the most... I probably could get to work because um, you do the Pythagorean theorem and it will be a little shorter if I just took the diagonal. 43 runs against Toronto were the most in any three-game series uh, in 90 years. Uh, and the only time since 1940 that the Yankees scored at least 43 runs over three games came in 2007. Um, Voigt, with his 20th home run of the season, made him the third player in franchise history to reach that mark within the first 50 games of the season, joining Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle. And Voigt's 162-game pace coming out of that game was 70 homers. Um I mean, all of these facts are incredible. The Bronx Bombers are living up to the nickname, as I said. At what point do you, and I know the Yankees have some issues in free agency, Tanaka, Paxton, LeMahieu, although Paxton I don't really think is an issue. I think it's a no-brainer to let him go. Uh, do you consider giving Luke Voigt an extension and trying to lock that up this offseason? Why wouldn't you? I mean, ever since he got to New York, all he's done is hit. Do you, If you're Luke Voigt, Given how comfortable it seems he is in New York, and Voight is, I want to say, 29 years old? You, uh, uh, age is just a number, man. Do you take four for 60? You are just giving out these four for 60 deals, aren't you? He is 29. 29-year-old first baseman. He actually baseman, has the same birthday as my dog. 29-year-old first baseman, very power-friendly, but those guys haven't been getting big contracts in free agency. Wonder why. That's what I'm saying. I well, think- let me just look through it. We just spent. We just went through a whole segment. That's why I think four for sixty is fair for both sides. Um, you get Luke through the rest. Yeah, it would of probably his be time. four for sixty-five. I'll do it. I mean, he's been the. He just all he does is hit homers. It's awesome. Guy mad. I mean, if you go, if you get a full season with him, Judge and Stanton, that's a major if. It's across the board, but those three guys. I mean, you're looking at 120 homers between them? It might be the biggest thing that Garrett Cole did for the Yankees was making Luke Voigt switch to 59, at which point he just became the most prolific home run hitter in the American League. The most prolific home run hitter to ever wear 59. You might have to fact check that, but yeah, it wouldn't be the craziest thing I've ever heard. Uh, Hopefully there was someone on that 91 Twins. (laughs) Really going down the... uh... Down the old deep end with that 91 Twins team. Well, you didn't let me do it. Let's see. All right. Well, we're going to skip out on the 59 history lesson because uh, it's Luke Voigt now. There you go. All goes to Luke Voigt, Lewis III. Uh, We briefly mentioned it before, and this will be our last piece of news before we uh, wrap up. But Rob Manfred said that he thought that the expanded 16-team postseason is likely to remain beyond 2020, adding an overwhelming majority of owners had already endorsed the concept before the pandemic. Sounds like opposition to the DH has softened. Uh, I do think National League pitchers, now that they've seen the DH in action, I do think that should stay, and I think that's good. Extra inning rule, better than expected reception, and has a chance now to stick. So let's go with those two things real quick. Um... The DH, are we both on the same page? It should just be across baseball? I don't love it. I, I just kind of like the weird... It makes too much sense for it not to, which is what I like about no, it. No, there's definitely quirks to the National League strategy. I just think, at the end of the day, there's been enough pitchers who have gotten hurt hitting. Pitchers get paid the pitch. Um, the best 59 was uh, was Todd Jones. The closer on the Tigers. Yeah, and I think... I mean, what the hell? Jones is a devout Christian and is known for using contemporary Christian music when entering from the bullpen. I hope he was playing Creed. When? You know who's a big Creed guy? Can you take me higher? Uh, is somebody I know? It's an athlete. Oh. Which professional athlete is a big Creed guy? What sport? Football. Quarterback. Oh, gotta be Philly Rivers. Nope. Who? Kirk Cousins. Oh, that makes sense. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is the guy who said in the Ivan Drago voice, if the pandemic kills me, it kills me. Let me die. Kirk Cousins is at his PR team reach out to Creed's PR team about a private concert. Must be why the Vikings are an ugly 0-2. Yeah, they. All right, so we like the DH. Um, we the, like Creed. We like, we like Creed. The uh, extra innings rule, I'm okay with if it starts in the 11th inning. I think you got to give each team one actual extra inning um, and then at that point, if a team doesn't win, sure, you want to save arms, put a runner on second. Yeah, because I think at a certain point with extra, I mean, why? 
maybe I think this might be going on four years now when the Yankees and Cubs play that 18 inning game. Yeah, nobody. I mean, the fans it's kind at of a, win. At, but at a certain point, managers would rather just lose the game than burn through their bullpens. Hundred percent, and that's the hard part. Uh, so unless you, so that that makes sense. It's neat. It increases offense, and uh, that's that's all I got. So this isn't the case, but uh, I just got a notification that Higashioka hit a double and then hit a homer. But in reality, it was just a home run. Yankees are up 11-1. Do you think Chase Anderson just absolutely dreads when the Yankees come to town? Why are they putting Chase Anderson back in this game? Because they're down 11-1. I think they, if they know they're going to lose, it's, let Chase Anderson get rocked and not some young guy whose confidence can be shot. Chase Anderson's ERA is about to go over 8. Yeah, that's not good. And I, I can't imagine it was that high last week. Yeah, that's not good. Someone even say that's bad. Um, but the expa- I, 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 I'd go as far as to say that's bad. But the expanded playoffs thing. I mean, look, there is some excitement of a three-game series. Uh, like we said before, I picked uh, four, three out of the four. I picked up sits in the American League, but you can't have an 162. A, I don't think you can have an 162-game season come down to a three-game series. Um, and B, I just think. What fans are going to give a shit about the regular season if they know that the top half of the league gets in? It's hard enough to get even baseball purists to tune in for 162. If they know that their team can finish around 500 and makes the playoffs, they're tuning out come June easy. Yeah, it's just... I mean, people already don't like the the one game. Uh, the one, I mean, the fan, that's, that's cool because it's cool, you know? It's one game. But you don't want to see a 103-win team go up against an 81-win team. Um, let's just throw the Mets in there. I mean, you don't want to have a Dodgers team run into DeGrom and then have two, and then face two elimination games. Yeah. I, I just think there's nothing... You're, it's, another th- it's another decision by Manfred and the owners. Short-term excitement damaging the long-term value of the game of baseball. Yeah. Not a that 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 one shouldn't shouldn't go through. So hopefully, uh, there is that big upset where they have to take a step back and think, oh, dude, we can't do this. Because teams aren't going to give a shit about getting the one seed. Then you're. I think the biggest thing here is we've seen load management in the NBA. You are all but guaranteeing there's going to be load management in the MLB now. I think MLB had a very MLB had a really nice thing going. There was such an incentive to win the division. Yeah, you have to. At this point, you who, dodged that wild card game where it was one game. Totally. At this point, it's, who gives a shit if you're? You can finish in second place, and you're guaranteed to make the playoffs. And no one wants to be in second place. That is code for first loser, Ricky Bobby. If Eight, you're not first, you're last. last. All right, two fun things to wrap this up. First is Garrett Crotchet, uh, the White <laughs> Sox first round pick. Is this real? Is this real name Crotch? Crotchet might be Croquette. C-O-R-C-R-O-C-H-E-T. Look up his baseball reference page. Look up the pronunciation. There's well, no way his name is While you do that, Crotchet. first player in the 2020 draft to make his debut. Um, pretty amazing. He was drafted a few months ago out of Tennessee. 21-year-old pitcher threw six pitches at 100 miles per hour harder in the sixth. Second most by a White Sox pitcher since 2008. And no Chicago pitcher had reached 100 in 2020 before him. Amazing that he skipped the minor leagues entirely. How do you pronounce his last name? You should say at the top. It does not. We're going to go with Crochet. All right. Okay. We're going to go with Crochet. And before we wrap up, Josh Donaldson, the bringer of rain, he had a leadoff homer in the sixth inning off of White Sox starter Ronaldo Lopez on Thursday's afternoon, a guaranteed rate field to break a tie. Came home, had an exchange with umpire Dan Bellino. Um, <laughs> basically, he comes back to home plate because he thought he didn't touch home. Kicks some dirt on home plate, gets ejected, kicks some more dirt on home plate. He kicked plate. dirt at, on his way to home plate. So let me ask you this. Have you ever seen a player get ejected hitting a home run? No, and it was epic. Epic. Ultimate style points for Josh Donaldson there. I think they ended up losing that game, though. So Less style points there. Less style points. All right, that is all I got. Anything you would like to add before we wrap this baby up? Um, Do I have anything to add? Yeah, Luke Combs should have been Entertainer of the Year. It's weird that it went to Rhett and Carrie Underwood. Uh, Luke Combs, hell of a year. Uh, stay tuned. He's dropping singles left and right. Acoustic versions coming out Friday nights. 
Uh, I'm excited. Obviously, get your flu shot. Uh, Is there anything else? I think I had something, but have since forgotten. So, Luke Combs, two weeks in a row. You're the man. By the time you listen to us next week, we will be in the middle of the MLB postseason. Starts Monday. You will have eight playoff games Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, uh, as well as potentially the NBA Finals starting somewhere in there. College football's back. It is a great time to be a sports fan. Gives us something to look forward to a little bit, which is nice. With Bryce Holden, my name is Chase Midorski. This is the Underdog Sports Baseball Show.